Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And let's jump right into another episode of Queers Folk. I am excited to get into episode 115 today. Uh, if I had to pick a theme for this episode, it's really like fathers and sons. Mm-hmm. Like there's a whole lot around that, what it means to be a father, what it means to be a son, how that relationship looks in yeah. a lot of different uh, uh, avenues, I guess, a lot of different venues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, seriously. I mean, that's definitely the focus of this episode. And I love how it shows um, how different each relationship can be. Yeah, how a son relates to his father, how father relates to his son, and mm-hmm. what that looks like in a healthy way, what uh-huh. it looks like in an unhealthy way, what it looks like in a sexual way. <laughs> so, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and get to it. Um, we start off this episode with Justin in the shower, and he's at the loft, and he's getting ready for school, which tells us something. It's a school night, and he's staying night at the loft. <laughs> okay. You know something I always wonder? I wonder if, I don't know where this comes from, maybe some fan fiction, but I wonder if Brian ever sneaks into Debbie's house. Like, oh, you know, well, like, no, that'd be hella disrespectful <laughs> for him to be all up in Michael's room. Like, well, no, he, could, he couldn't do that. It wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, but those walls too thin. We remember last time. <laughs> they are thin walls. Yeah. yeah. And Justin, he let loose. Yeah. So, I don't know. I can't decide if I want to pretend that that happens or not, <laughs> but I'm just curious about it. Anywho, so like we said, Justin is there um, and he's getting ready for school. And even just like, you know, his shoes in the chair, Brian's sitting on it, we find out later. And it's just like, they must have been in a mad frenzy when they got to the loft yes, <laughs> the night it before. it was scattered. <laughs> yeah. Okay. His stuff's all over the place. But also there is Lindsay and baby Gus. She's leaving Gus because she's going to go to attend a teacher's conference. And so she needs Brian to to babysit over the weekend. Girl, you know that was the last resort. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, her face told it all, all right? She was nervous. She didn't want to let go. Hell, before she even left, Gus had, like, little burps all over (laughs) his chin. Yeah, spilled milk. Yes, all that, like... Like Spit up, yeah. Uh, Well, and she's giving Brian, like, every single detail about Gus's schedule, all his requirements, um, to make sure. But you can tell, like, she is desperate, and we find out it's because Melanie is out of town. Uh But, and so she's not super confident about brian being Would the babysitter um <laughs> i mean i know he's the father and everything but but yeah i i understand why she's a little because i mean i know he loves his kid he's not going to intentionally put his kid in danger but i would be a little yeah. concerned maybe yeah uh, mm-hmm. but i do think justin is so cute with baby gus oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. justin is everything he's i'm telling you he is my new favorite. I mean, Justin is just... I converted him finally, y'all. Yes, you did. I, I love him. He's sweet. He's caring. Yeah. I mean, he's just so helpful. Yeah. Well, and that's such an interesting... Well, because, yeah, last episode, that's what he was doing, was being helpful. But that's such an interesting thing, because he was there the night that Gus was born, and so he's always known him. Yeah, he named him. And has always been around him. You know, he's been over at Melanie and Lindsay's house, you know, with the baby. Yeah, helped name him. Mm-hmm. Um. And so it's a really cute relationship that he has. Yeah, no, it was. And he's always volunteering time, you know, oh, I can babysit Gus. Oh, I can do this and that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he's just I'll always there. help Brian. Yeah. yeah. Always helpful. Yeah. But is that him being helpful for Gus or is, is that him trying to, you know, get trying all to get the time? Trying to get closer to Brian? Uh-huh. You know, I mean, it could be both, but I do think he genuinely loves Gus. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. I think so. So then Lindsay leaves and we go over to Dr. David and Michael's and they are getting ready for Dr. David's son to come and visit. He's going to oh. come hang out <laughs> with the two Oh, of them. I felt for Michael. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Michael's a nervous wreck. He really is. Yeah, he's a nervous wreck. But I would be too. It's 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 awkward. Meeting. That's a hard relationship. Yeah. I mean, I have a stepmom, and um, it's a tricky relationship. And definitely, like, this is a situation where that was a heterosexual uh, relationship. This is a homosexual relationship. Right. It's weird. You know, like it's. <laughs> it is different. It yeah. is. It's, and for Michael, this like this is his first relationship. This is his first like live-in boyfriend, and then there there's this kid involved and so mm. totally different situation because yeah. he was like Justin was there from night one with Gus and he knows everybody mm-hmm. he knows all of Gus's parents this is totally different for Michael yeah, no. different situation and also Gus is a baby when right. you get thrown a teenager <laughs> he can't talk yeah, yeah. teenagers are awful like that's the absolute worst <laughs> you just never know what you're going to expect yeah uh, so then we see Emmett, and he is back. I mean... Girl, I was he, so happy. Yeah, luckily he didn't get rid of all his clothes. No. <laughs> he came down to those stairs with that badass red fur. And <laughs> yeah, plaid pants. Plaid. Yeah. yeah, girl. He says that he tried a straight drag, when and obviously that did not work for he him. He saw the light, girl. <laughs> yeah, he, he saw, saw the light. light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's walking with Ted, and as Emmett is kind of coming back into himself and just saying, like, nope, doubling down on who he is... Then they're having a conversation about Ted and they're talking about his basicness, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, predictable. Yeah, very predictable. And they run into an old college friend of his, Dale Wexler. And uh, they just have a little chat. Just like, oh, we'll make a plan to catch up later. And But as Emmett and Ted are talking, they're realizing just like how... I don't know. I guess Ted's in a place where he just feels kind of stagnant, kind of stuck. Well, he's basic. He doesn't yeah. want to change. <laughs> I mean, Emmett gave him a million choices of different restaurants. And, I mean, Ted declined everything. He wants to stick to the traditional, uh, oh, I'm sorry, his basic routine that he does yeah. every single day. I mean, <laughs> he, he brings it on himself. He's not going to switch anything up. Yeah. So, um, like I said, he runs into Dale and then they part ways and kind of go on. Uh, so over at the diner, Michael is worried about David's son liking him. He's kind of freaking out about how that interaction is going to go. Mm-hmm. And Justin makes a comment that he's the wicked stepmother, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is basically the position that he's been put into. Uh-huh. And then Debbie comes over and she's loving on baby Gus and they're all you know talking about Michael's issue, but also talking about Brian with Gus. And they're kind of ragging on his abilities as a caregiver. And I think, you know, this is what Brian does. Like when his friends kind of pile on, kind of gang up against him, he just acts like he doesn't care. But I don't think he appreciates them. Yeah, I don't think he does either. But I think at the same time, he's built this wall from his family, right. from his friends always ragging on him. He's built this wall. And that's what gives him his this. Uh, what is it? Like an enigma or yeah, this, yeah, uh huh. Yeah, it's hard to get to know. You can't yeah, really pin mm-hmm. down what he's thinking, what he's feeling. Yeah, but for us, we've been able to see him in other settings away from those people, and like we recognize the signs and right. the facial expressions where when he tries to deflect or act like he's not interested, he really is listening to what they say, and I don't think he appreciates it. No, he doesn't. Um, but he deflects very well. Yeah, and he rolls with the punches. I mean, he's used to it by now. But also. I think they're all envious of Brian in some way. His cockiness, um, the arrogance, which is basically the same, <laughs> yeah. but he's successful. He's good looking. Yeah. Um, he doesn't take shit from anybody. Mm-hmm. So they feel they can always pile it up on Brian because Brian can take it. Well, at least in front of them, he takes it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we also find out the, that it's Leather Ball Weekend and Brian is going to trade his weekend of debauchery to be a father <laughs> to, to Gus. So then over at the airport, Hank has arrived 
And Michael's meeting him for the first time. And that's uh... a... On the first (laughs) glance of Hank, I thought... This little kid looks evil. Yeah. I mean, he has like this grin, like, hey, dad. And then looks at Michael with these devil eyes. I'm like, yeah, this is an old man. definitely sizing him up. Yeah. I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh. I'm not feeling him yeah. at all. Yeah. Run, Michael. Run. <laughs> so his plane is touched down, and we'll have to see how all that goes. Um, over at the loft, baby Gus is having a little bit of a baby meltdown. <laughs> the loft is kind of a mess by Brian's standards. You know, he trips over um, some Ooh. of the stuff that's there on the floor. <laughs> and, um, you know, Brian finally gets him to take the pacifier, and he's feeling a little bit accomplished. He's feeling like, all right, I got I did this. this. I told y'all I could do this. <laughs> Everybody was doubting me. I got this. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> he got him to stop crying for all of, like, 30 seconds. But while he's doing that, there's a knock at the door, and, and it is Jack Kenny of all people. <laughs> I mean, I was blown away. Yeah. I mean, some nerve showing up at my house unannounced. Right. Like, you need to call first before you even show up over here. You know, right. we don't even rock like that. For real. Well, because he makes a comment, and it's clear that he's never been there. He's right. like, oh, you know, someplace or whatever. So he's never been mm. there. And Brian's kind of like, well, this is odd. And yeah. So he invites him in. He introduces him introduces him to Gus as Lindsay's kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jack says, oh, yeah, you used to take her out. And, okay, so this is something I feel strongly about. So some people think that, based on what Jack says here, that Lindsay and Brian might have, like, dated in the oh, past. absolutely. No, 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 I disagree. <laughs> I don't, because... No, I disagree. Give but yours. I want you to hear your... You, you want me to get my first? Yes, you go first. Okay. Brian has never been honest with his um, parents about his sexuality. Therefore, he's always been hiding it. So he needed to have a beard. I feel that he and Lindsay definitely went out on a couple of dates. And before he even told Lindsay exactly who he was, he probably pushed up on her because he felt that's what he needed to do. Or Jack was probably pushing him like, to be a man, you need to go out here and do this and that. Hell, I've been with women. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been with women. And so I just feel that they definitely, their connection is too, it's too close. Yeah. And I mean, it's also, sometimes it's a little flirty. So, I mean, I definitely think they've had a moment. For sure. See, I don't think that it was ever anything serious. Like, I would not go as far as to say they ever, like, officially dated or she was ever officially his girlfriend or lover or whatever. I would never go that far as to say that. Because the look on Brian's face when Jack says that, plus everything we know about them already, he's never been to his house. He knows nothing about Brian's life. Like, when Brian saw him at when he was out at that bar mm-hmm. um, and then he says, you know, oh, got to keep up save time for the ladies. Like Jack knows nothing about his life. And so I think Brian's like, if you want to make that conclusion, you go right ahead. Now, I do think that he brought Lindsay around the family probably for that reason, for like you said, for a beer or just to like keep them off his back or yeah. whatever. Or, you know, they were friends in college and so they hung out a lot. She was around. And she's but, pretty. Yeah. And she's pretty. And so Jack, because, well, we'll get into that later. But, um, but I don't think it was anything more than that but i don't want to go into what happens later in other seasons but like What'd i said i just got strong opinions about what the nature of their relationship is mm, i, I mean know. yeah i think he had a hand in that cookie jar well i'm gonna just move on and we'll talk about that <laughs> later because uh yeah we got a lot more to get to <laughs> uh so while he is there he tells Brian that he has lung cancer and he says that his doctors discovered it last summer, which 
It's like, you didn't tell me you knew about this for that long. And I saw you a few months ago. Right. And I've been seeing you because when we talked about in that episode, it's obvious that Brian does run into his father, at least periodically. Right. And every time he knows that he needs money. So it's like, I've been seeing you. You didn't have the decency to tell me that you have cancer. You know? Yeah. Um, and he says, well, the warden wanted me to tell you, but... Well, no, I wanted the warden to tell you, but she told me I had to come tell you myself. So I'm not Brian's mom. Uh, but yeah, like you didn't even, you wouldn't even tell me. And now you just show up and tell me, like, I've got lung cancer. It's spread everywhere. Yeah. And I have months, X but... amount of time. Yeah. Like, that's shitty, selfish. Yeah. But it also kind of shines light on, to me, why Brian kind of is selfish. Mm-hmm. He didn't really have any role models. Right. He had no one to really look up to and, you know, aspire to be, to right. be like. So, I mean. Yeah. And why he keeps so much of his own thoughts and feelings and emotions to himself, mm-hmm. you know. About at least about his own personal life because but, that's what his dad does. Exactly. But when he hear when he heard that news, I mean, you could definitely see um, the change in his in his face, yeah. the expressions. I mean, he doesn't you know care for his father, but he doesn't want anything you know. But at the same time, it's his father. Yeah. yeah. And so like I could, you can see the conflicting emotions on his face, where it's like, okay, first of all, that's jarring and shocking news, mm-hmm. and then I've got to figure out how I feel about that, but. I kind of hate you, yeah. but you're still my dad, and part of me still wants you to be a better human being than what you've been. Right. So just a lot of turmoil and conflict there. For and you just Brian. said something, yeah. It's his dad, and he did hurt Brian, but he still has a chance to correct all those wrongs. But right. if he's dead, there's then no correcting anything. Right, mm-hmm. right. Because we talked about that in that episode when he go when we first meet Jack. It's like, I think there was a part of Brian that was hoping that he would see some redeeming quality in his dad, mm-hmm. but he didn't on that night. And at this point, it's like, the time is winding down for me right. to see any of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then Dr. David is talking to Hank about Michael and how he's moved in and he lives here now and he's trying to welcome him. And uh, Michael's Captain Crunch is there. And uh, <laughs> so he offers that to Hank and Hank's like, uh, I don't eat that anymore. That's <laughs> I said this earlier. Michael is so childish. <laughs> he really is. Because Hank was like, ew, that's like way beneath me. Yeah. <laughs> Michael like, got to the table and poured him a full bowl. A full bowl at 30. Yeah. I'm like, God, Michael. Uh, So it's clear that Hank has been growing up in more ways than one. And so... He's he, sitting at the table with a, a newspaper. Right. Yeah. And Dr. Davis like, I don't even read that part. Yeah. <laughs> and then he makes a comment. He calls his his mom's, I guess, husband. He calls him dad on accident. Because it's probably what he's used to calling him at home. Oh, right. So he corrects it and calls him Gary. And so we just see there is quite a bit of uh, mm-hmm. tension there with Dr. David, Hank, and then definitely throwing Michael in the mix on top of that. And so when Dr. David leaves, Hank tells Michael, he says, I didn't want to come. So basically, he like does not want to make friends with Michael. He's not, not interested in being there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he let it be known quickly. Yeah. I mean, paper up. I'm not going to speak to you. I don't want to be here. I have to be here. But since I'm going to be here, you know, it is yeah, what it we is. We can keep it to a minimum. Yeah. We can keep yeah, all for the social interaction to a minimum. That yeah. part. Yeah. Uh, but over at Debbie and Vic's house, things are going a little bit better over there. Another like pseudo father son relationship is Justin and Vic, and Justin's there making waffles, cooking it up in the kitchen. Those <laughs> yeah. wa- that was Belgian waffles. These are deep, very nice and waffles beautiful. With, like, some fancy sauce. He's gonna drizzle over those. Not only, yeah. not 
He was about to bring the sauce. Yeah. Okay. The grandma, <laughs> yay. Yeah. You know, I kind of wish that we get would get more scenes of just like what it's like for Justin living there with Debbie and Vic. Oh, you know, it's a last show. episode they were doing the hustle. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, Vic's always like kind of flirting with yeah. I mean, of course it's all innocent, but yeah, I just want to see more of the shenanigans that happen in that house. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh but then Brian shows up with gorgeous Gus. And uh, at this point, he's trying to get Debbie to take Gus so that he can go to the leather ball. Selfish ass. (laughs) Well, yes, yes. But also, there's a change in him because at the diner, he was saying, no, I'm not going to go because I have Gus. I'm going to stay here with him. But after he heard about what happened, what's going on with his dad, Uh, now he's wanting to go because now we get to see, this is Brian's coping mechanism. Yeah. He doesn't know how to deal with those emotions and feelings and thoughts about his dad. True. What's going on with him. So what he does is, all right, I'm going to the club. You know? I love your point of view. Sometimes <laughs> I, I miss things. I'm just, I'm too like really involved or whatever. And my mind doesn't click over and say, you know what? Th- this, yeah. this is that. I love how you can well, pick up on Ryan, that. Well, with Ryan, you definitely have to step back and say, okay, what all, whatever, what else is going yeah. on? Because, like, you know. What mm-hmm. is he really thinking? Right. Mm-hmm. Because he, if you just look at each individual action for him, then he looks like a complete just waste of time. Right. But right. Uh, when you pull back and really look at what's going on with everything him, you has take a it meaning. all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything's got a meaning and there's a reason behind what he's doing. Uh, he sees Vic in his medicine, like all the pills that Vic's taking. And it's just kind of like, that's just a normal part of Vic's life because we know Vic has AIDS. Mm-hmm. Um, and Debbie notices a change in his demeanor. So she immediately asks, is about to ask him like, hey, are you, are you sick? Right. You know? And then he tells him, no, but my dad has cancer. And Justin overhears that <laughs> because, of course, he does. Always. <laughs> and so Debbie asks him how much time your dad has. And he said, well, you know, a couple months tops. And Debbie tells him that he should tell Jack that he's gay. Uh, Brian doesn't want to do that. And Debbie says, well, it's good for you to be honest. Um, and she said, it's it's honest for you to tell him the truth of who you are. You I know? mean, I believe it. I mean, when she said that, I was here for it. I love how she came in. He walked away. She followed him. She was kind of giving him like that motherly advice. Yeah. But I think it, it should be therapeutic for Brian. He's been holding this secret for so long. Yeah. I mean, all that's doing is building up resentment because he really couldn't even be his true authentic self for his own family. Yeah. You know, so I think he needs to release this secret. That's one less burden on his shoulders that he's carrying, you yeah. know, and he doesn't really know how Jack is going to respond. I mean, who's to say that Jack wouldn't, wouldn't be like already new son, Mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't know. So I think he definitely should get that off his chest. Yeah. You know, I'm working, I'm coming around to feeling that same way because at first I was like, well, first of all, Debbie, like stay stay out of it, Mm -hmm. but also like don't force him to do that because at this point, what's it going to matter? Right. It's kind of how I felt like at least for him and well, at least for Jack, like what's it going to matter? And even for Brian in some ways. But I guess it would be good for him to know. Because, I mean, once he's dead, you can't tell him at that point. Right. And so there might have been a part of was like, I was never my true self in front of my dad. And so from that angle, I totally get why he should go mm-hmm. ahead and tell him. I never think that you should do something out of, because of extreme circumstances or whatever. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just got to, you got to play the cards you're dealt. Yeah. And so because, okay, your dad's only got this much time left, that's much time you le- have left to, to be honest with him and have uh-huh. these conversations with him. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So then Michael, Hank, and Dr. David are together and Dr. David is basically the only one enjoying this day that they're yeah. having. 
<laughs> he has planned 997 things for them to do. <laughs> and they have only finished like 413 of them. And he's yeah. super excited about getting to the rest. True. But you know what? I feel like Michael, too. Um, when I'm on vacation, I'm on vacation. As yeah. in, if I wake up at noon, I wake up at noon. Don't wake me up at eight o'clock in the morning, having my whole day planned out. Right. That's like work to me. Right. You know, like, let's get to it if we get to it. Yeah. So I see why Michael's doing that. I mean, he even made a comment like, I've seen more of Pennsylvania than I did in all 30 years of yeah. my life, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, and Hank is kind of feeling the same way. He doesn't voice that, but he's kind of feeling the same way. So... Yeah, this little uh, boy's day out is not going as great as Dave, Dr. David thinks it is. Yeah, because um, David does not see the flags no, at all. No, that's one of his major flaws. Mm -hmm. him. Uh, so over at Babylon, the leather ball is underway and uh, Emmett is there in a very nice little leather ensemble. I love that outfit. <laughs> yeah. That outfit was everything. Yeah, and Ted has on a leather belt. So, <laughs> so technically, he's following dress code. Yep. Uh, Brian shows up because he found a babysitter, apparently. And um, Ted's kind of talking, just taking in the scene and kind of talking about it and saying, like, it's ridiculous. It's not for him. It's yeah. not his thing. And so he's heading out, but he stops to watch the show that's underway. And because there's a leather daddy there. I mean, I might not be using the right term. No, that's the word. But, okay. That's it. Look at you. Uh, but he's Come there. through with the lingo. I'm trying to learn. You Come know, through. don't ever look at my Google search history. <laughs> <laughs> All for research purposes. Okay? That's so funny. <laughs> um, But so he sees, you know, he's watching the show. And at the end of it, he learns that the leather daddy is his friend Dale Wexler. And I didn't want to say nothing in the beginning, but Dale is hot, okay? <laughs> He's just big, beefy, I mean, buff man, yeah. confidence just oozing. Yeah. Like, ooh, he's right. Yeah. Mm. Well, and what we saw of him when we first met him earlier in this episode, what we see now is like night and day. And night and day. And so Ted is just as shocked as we are by that. Uh, then we go back to Dr. David and Michael and Michael is thinking that Hank is uncomfortable with him being there. And so he's trying to leave. And he's like, well, no, I'm just going to go stay in my old place with Emmett for a couple of days while Hank is here. Just kind of, you know, let you guys enjoy each other's company. Mm -hmm. And Dr. David's like, nope, you're not going anywhere. You're staying here. That's one thing I don't like about David. I mean, I like the idea, David, but I don't think me personally, as in Ken, could actually date David. I mean, he's too stubborn. It's, yeah. yeah it's well, that's what he talks about. Like, he is like... We're going to do it this way or no, it has to be like this. And then when that falls apart, true, after it falls apart, he will adjust. But it's like, dude, do we always have to wait for it to fall apart? Right. We, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, how about you consider somebody else's opinion before we get to that point? You. you know, you don't have to do all this apologizing all the time. <laughs> yeah, but, that part. Yeah. But God. anyway, so they come to a resolution and Michael's going to stay, try to tough it out with uh with Hank. And then back at Babylon, Ted is just kind of admiring the tools of the leather trade. You know, he's just kind of looking around. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Dale Wexler uh, notices him. And he knows that Ted is at least a little bit curious. Uh -huh. Yeah. Because he's like, mm, you're over here touching on the straps yeah. and this stuff. And I don't even know what those contraptions are called. But, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he knows that he's at least a little bit interested. So he invites Ted. How about you just come over to my house for a drink? Mm -hmm. You know, as an observer. Yeah, as an observer, just you know, come for a drink, whatever. Uh, and then still at Babylon, Brian is in the back room. It, the back room at Babylon is. Just... I don't know 
how they're not shut down. I don't either. Okay? Babylon is it's a one stop shop. I mean, <laughs> you can yeah. get all you need. You, they, you're gonna dance, yeah. you're gonna drink, you're gonna get leather daddies, and you're gonna be bumping and grinding, doing a, <laughs> the old yum yum, bouncy bouncy in the back. <laughs> yeah, they have changed the whole theme to match the the leather weekend, the whole BDSM thing back Swings there. Swings everywhere. Uh, and so Brian is back there, and he has a trick with him, and. Uh, you know, they're um just meeting up and chatting or whatever. And uh, another guy walks up to him and he's like, hey, little boy. And then Brian kind of like pushes him away. Yeah. He's already got a guy. You know, yeah, he ain't into it. Well, then he's, and the guy says to Brian, well, you need a daddy. And Brian says, well, you're not my daddy. And then the guy like won't leave him alone. He's still like trying to, I guess he's trying to do the, oh, you're just playing hard to get kind of right. thing. And so he keeps coming after Brian. And then you can see the emotion come yeah, over Brian. Yeah, and then Brian just said, like, I don't need a daddy. And then we immediately see, That's real. Like, okay, this is what, okay, he's got some daddy issues mm-hmm. that he does not know how to deal with. And, <laughs> yeah, he was back here trying to avoid all of that. But this is what happens in life. Your problems will find you. Yep. So you can try to hide from them, but they will find They're gonna you. They're going to come. Mm-hmm. So his did, and he just leaves. Like, it's kind of going to be a little too much for him at that point. So he just leaves. Um, and then we see Ted did make it over to Dale's place. And I guess uh, Dale thinks that appropriate attire for uh, a guest is a bathrobe. Yeah. <laughs> I was ready for him to drop it. Okay? You know me. You know my mind stays. I do know I was ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's telling him about his life as um, as a leather daddy. And like, because, you know, I think uh, Ted sees a magazine and he's in that magazine. And he's telling him like, through this, I have been able to be my true self, who I really am, uh, you know, not just be confined to what you see in a, in a suit and tie Monday right. through Friday at work. Yeah. But Ted doesn't think, in my opinion, Ted doesn't think you can do both. Right. I mean, you have to be vanilla or you have to be wild, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and there is no mixing of the worlds yeah. where Dale found an even medium where you know, he can be professional day and freak at night. Right. You know? yeah. And it works. And like you said, it brought out the more confidence for him. Right. He was able to mingle and meet. So it actually made him better in business. It yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Ted, like you said, Ted just doesn't see it that way. And he tells Ted, you have to give yourself permission to relinquish control. And that is like not Ted. I mean, he's a numbers person. Numbers people, like everything has to add up, everything has to be exact and precise. Right. And very cerebral type person, type thinker. And, uh, you know, very predictable, reliable life. And so that whole idea of relinquishing control, like, I think part of that is enticing to him, but Mm -hmm. it's so scary for him. It's so new because he's always in control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, he makes every single one of his decisions. He's never coerced into doing anything he doesn't want to do. Right. He doesn't change up. He's the only person I know at Babylon in slacks, a button up. You know but that leather belt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but seriously, you, yeah. you know. Well, because the one time he did take a risk was with Blake in uh, that early episode. And, and you know what happened that with that. Out. Right. So in his mind, he might be thinking, well, I did try something different and that didn't go yeah, well. Yeah, so. put me in a coma. Yeah. When he is on his way to the bathroom, he accidentally finds the playroom. And, That's uh, the sex dungeon, okay? <laughs> this yeah. man had a whole dungeon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, that was hot, though. I was he thinking did. like, Dale. Dale follows him in there. Because he and, knew he was going to yeah. find The bathroom probably wasn't even down there. Because yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he knew I he, think he probably sent the there on purpose. He's like, oh yeah, the bathroom's yeah. downstairs. Because right? Dale said, he said, um, Ted said, oh, I, I came into the wrong room. He said, or did you? Yeah. He's like, mm-hmm. no. 
you set me up. Yeah. And then Ted was trying to get out the door. Kind of like, like, because he's a big guy. Like, yeah. no, like, no, you in the right area, mm-hmm. you in the right spot. I was like, okay. This yeah. Is well, hot. in so because I think he knows, like, you wouldn't have come here if some part of you is was not curious. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have followed, you wouldn't have come to my home. After what you just found out about me, you wouldn't have come here mm-hmm. if you weren't curious. Maybe you're not at that point to cross the line yet, right. but you're at least intrigued by yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And Dale knows him. He knows that, you know, Ted is, you know, straight laced, you right. know, never changes anything up, very predictable. I mean, he knows him. So the fact that he's there, some the wheels are turning, something's yeah. going on. Well, and he's probably thinking about the freedom, like we said earlier, that he found in his own life and he wants Ted to have that. So it's less about me wanting to dominate you yeah. sexually or whatever, but it's like, I've experienced a true freedom in this and he wants Ted to experience Exactly. That. Yeah. Uh, but Ted's not ready yet. So he says he's just an observer and uh, he is getting ready to leave and Dale makes a comment about him being, you're still reliable Ted. Like mm-hmm. That's what I remember about you and that's what you still are. So, yeah. Basically called him basic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He did. Uh, over at the loft, Mel has arrived now, and Justin has uh, baby Gus, and he was at, about to give him some hot milk on accident, which, you know, I mean, stuff happens when you're baby. No, <laughs> because Justin got a baby sister. I know, I know. he at least fed that girl yeah. at least one time. You don't give no baby no bottle right out the pot. Right. Like, well, and then the other thing is, like, when you're holding the bottle, it's going to be hot it. in your hand. So yeah. he probably, Melanie might have been overreacting yeah. a little bit. Well, I think she could have been mad because Justin has the baby. Right, because Brian she is thought supposed Brian to be had it, which was a big enough issue. And then she gets there and Brian's not even there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what happens. You know, Brian comes in and Melanie lights into him. She's like, I can't believe you pawning him off on it, on just anybody. And Brian says, well, Justin's not just anyone, right. <laughs> you know. And then Justin makes a comment like, I love Gus. And so, okay, let's just pause right there. Several things happen right there in those statements. And then we'll get into the rest of um, Melanie and Brian's little run in there. But I mean, one, the fact that he trusted Justin to keep Gus. Absolutely. You know, um, I think does show a lot about because it was in a way it was very irresponsible for Brian to to leave Gus like that. But he trusted him with Justin, you know. Uh, and he believed that he would take care of him, you know, just one contact him if there was an issue. So that's mm-hmm. a cool thing. But also that he says, you know, Justin's not just anyone, because at this point he can't get away with that anymore. Like, right. He can't get away with saying Justin's just stalking me or, oh, he's just whoever. Like no. At this point, even though we don't we don't have to have labels and titles, but at he's this part point, of the crew. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, and and Melanie, you know that, that Justin's not just anybody to any of us. And she says that, like, Justin, I know you love Gus. Yeah, because she even gives him back to, she's not mad at Justin because she even gives the baby back to Justin Mm -hmm. so she can, you know, get on Brian's case. But um, she just didn't realize what Brian, no one ever thinks about what Brian has going on in his life. Exactly. Exactly. Like there was a reason he, like we talked about earlier, he went out because he had some stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Like Mel comes in, just lashing out at him. Not, you know, not well, and true, he didn't say anything, but it's like you know, she never stops to give him the benefit of the doubt. And a lot of people don't do that to him, they don't give him the benefit of the doubt. They don't, they automatically just think, Oh, you did this on purpose, you you fucked up, yeah, because you, know, you didn't care, you. you'd rather be a Babylon in the back room than be here with your son. Mm-hmm. It's like, Look, I'm dealing with some stuff, okay? <laughs> you know, and they should know by now, 
Brian is not the type of person who's going to just gonna open up. You. So you have to be looking like, yeah, it's more work for you, but you've, you've got to be looking at all the context clues, what's going on in his life in the past three yeah. weeks. Uh-huh. And the only person who does that is Justin. That's true, yeah. He always catches the small details. Yeah. And he cleans up all the pieces. Yeah. I mean, he really does. Yeah, because Justin could have said, no, I don't want to babysit. I want to be, I want to go to the leather ball. I'm Because he could have Yeah, he could have gone. He's there every, every weekend. Yeah, he, he could have went, gone. but he chose to stay. Right, because he knew that there. He heard Brian say, "My dad has cancer," and so he's like, "Okay, fine, I'll stay here and babysit Gus, even if he wasn't doing it for that reason." Right, he knows that there something's going more, on. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. something going on, and so so at this point, Brian's upset. Even he never tells Melanie what's going on in his life, but he's upset because he's feeling like, "Okay, you're attacking me," and it's not like I just left my baby with some bum off the street. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm torn in this situation because yeah. I mean, Mel. Fresh off a plane from Miami, whatever the case, comes here, sees Justin, no Brian. He's about to feed the baby, didn't test the milk. A mother is going to be upset. Right. Okay? But again, she doesn't know what's Brian going through. Right. So I feel like she does have the right to kind of yell at Brian, but not to the degree that she took it to. No. You know? No. She could have said, hey, where were you? Or yeah. something like that. Because Lindsay chose to leave Gus yeah. with Brian. Mm-hmm. And then Brian made sure he had a suitable babysitter for for Gus. Because last time I checked, Brian cut a check for some babysitters. Okay, true. So <laughs> he, the baby shouldn't have never been over there anyway. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> well, well, I guess because this was overnight. But, yeah, but still, still. Yeah. Um, go ahead, because I want to finish my point. And then Melanie had just, like, left. You know, she was gone. Lindsay has the baby at this exactly. point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But then Brian fires back off yeah. at um at Mel. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the way he fired back off. Well, because he went... He went too deep. deep. He cut. cut. Yeah. That he was went close personal. to the bone. Yeah. yeah. He mm-hmm. went personal, Because emotional. he says, she's like, I'm taking Gus home. Uh, and then Brian says, well, this is his home. And he says, I'm his father. Who are you? And it's like, we could have just stopped it. I'm his father. Yeah. We didn't need the who are you. When you already know that's sensitive. You already had a deal yeah. with these girls. Did you see it in Melanie's face? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he cut deep. But her comeback. That's yeah. What, she fired his ass up. Yeah. Her comeback was flawless. Do you know what she said? She Well, basically, she says he needs to come before. Uh, he, his needs come before mine. Yeah. Know? Like, I know even if I'm not anything on paper, mm-hmm. I love him enough to know that his needs come before mine. I Love that. Yeah. It, he couldn't say nothing. There was right. no rebuttal. I mean, it was facts. She has no blood relation to this child, but she cares for this baby. She would sacrifice everything for this baby. She is here yeah. for this baby. Yeah. You know, like, this yeah. is your child. Mm-hmm. But I will put him first before yeah. any of my needs. Yeah. You chose to go to Babylon. But I wish well, she would have had the back context. Right. I wish that they could have, like... They both address some like Brian does have legit stuff going on, and Melanie had legit concerns, and they both should have handled the situation different. Because the thing is, I understand you have life going on, but when you're a parent, you're a parent all the time. Yep. You're a parent twenty four seven. You don't get to pawn it off and say, "Well, I need to go do this over here because I can't deal with my real life." Mm-hmm. Like you have to be a parent. So. Yeah, so true. And I think he's gonna get there. Yeah, but it so, it's so quickly. Everything happened so quickly. Right. This so. is, and it's, and I, and I'm sure he felt a way about that too. I mean, because we know a couple episodes ago, he didn't even think he was fit or qualified to be right. Gus's father at all, and so he had no faith in himself. He finally got to the point where he felt like, no, I want to do this. I can do this. Mm-hmm. This was his first opportunity to get to do and it. And you know, and he then, wants to shine. Yeah, he wants to for his son and for everybody else to prove everybody else wrong who had been trashing. Prove himself wrong because he thinks 
he's the next Jack Kenny. That's true. And then and then Jack comes in with more of his junk and you know, he's got life going on. And so like and, you know, everything is thrown into a tailspin. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the situation just kind of went sideways and both of them just got really nasty with each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, over with Dr. David and Hank, another father-son relationship, they are playing hockey and Michael is on the sidelines. And then Dr. David gets a call. He has a work emergency. He's going to have to leave Michael with Hank. And then he's like, well, here, here's the itinerary, the schedule for today. Just stick to this and you'll be fine. And Michael's like, oh, great. Yeah. Like, no, (laughs) you can tell he's freaking out. Like, this boy does not like me because at this time he's feeling like the boy doesn't like me. No matter what I do, he doesn't want to be here. I'm going to mess it up. I'm not a dad. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And like you've got these are all your plans. These are your things. I don't know how to carry that out in a way that's going to be fun for Hank. He's here to see you, not me. Right. You know, Uh, so over at the diner, Brian shows up and Debbie comes to take their orders and she tells Brian that she's proud of him for sacrificing the leather ball and Justin's like oh this is about to say correction yes and then Brian kind of pulls him down it's like listen if you 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 snitch on me just know it's gonna be hell to pay yeah I, but I think that's yeah. I think that's some some hell that Justin is willing to pay. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. You know, Justin wants all that. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so also in the booth is um, Ted and Emmett, and again we bring up the issue of Ted's predictability. I mean, everybody in the booth can recite Ted's lunch order. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so then Ted tries to step outside of the box and order something a little bit different, just to kind of shake things up a little bit. And they look at him um, like, you're crazy. Yeah. Give him the usual. Yeah, but you see him having that thing where it's like, I don't want to be that way. Not that I'm trying to be somebody else, but I don't want to keep denying parts of myself mm-hmm. or certain things about me or or just limiting myself. That's what he's doing. He's putting himself in a box. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he's never going to grow. He's mm-hmm. never going to really find true happiness or really know or express what he really wants or likes because he's he lives in his head. Right. I mean, that's yeah. all he does. Um, so Michael and Hank have been together and, uh, Hank just wants to go home. He's like, forget that itinerary. I want to go home. Like <laughs> my dad never listens. I don't want to do all this stuff. He has every single minute of our day planned and it is stressing me out. And then what I kind of noticed, what we talked about is that's the same way Dr. David treats Michael. Yeah. He treats him the way he treats his son. He does. Yeah. And very, it's like my way or the highway. Mm-hmm, yeah. Very controlling a little bit. Yeah. But I think the, the, upper hand that michael has is that he's very childlike earlier i said childish i won't i, won't, I want to take that back he's very childlike mm-hmm. even i mean disregard the whole comic books but when you look at his face his eyes light up he still has like this light in his yeah, eyes there's this like youthfulness. a childlike wonder about yeah him. you know yeah. it's really it's like a childlike like you said wonder in his eye so i think he has the upper hand because he can connect to Hank in a different uh, in right. a, on a different level mm-hmm. than Dr. David can. Dr. Yeah. David's coming down with, you know, that that father eye mm-hmm. where, you know, Michael is coming from like a friend, a different perspective. And then, like I said, he has the young, immature mind and an aspect where he can actually, you know, get on the same level as his teenager. Yeah. And just to think like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, comes in handy because they end up bonding over a comic book. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, really nice little moment with the two of them. Uh, and then we see Brian. He has arrived at the Kenny residence and he finds Jack in the garage and he tells Jack that we need to talk. And then Jack's like, well, you've never said that before. Well, I've never heard you say that before. Well, I think he, I think the part he was saying when he said dad, because he be. said, we need to talk, dad. He said, well, well, you've never said that before. 
Well, he calls him dad, but I think he says we've never you've never said we need to talk because then Jack says, Oh, you want to sneak it under the wire. Basically, uh, like you wanna okay, now we're gonna have these little father son hearts heart right. because I'm about to die. Right. And so Brian just comes straight out with it and he says, I'm gay. And I mean, uh, he didn't have no Vaseline, no lube, no nothing. He, <laughs> he just said it. He just went straight for it. Just I'm gay. And Jack says, you know, I've got enough to deal with. And then he says, you're the one that should be dying instead of me. And then Brian is like about to punch him. But luckily, you know, well, he calls a him a fag. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know I mean? And so Brian like punches the box instead of hitting him. And then but what we see is he stands up to his dad probably for the first time in his yep. life, because mm-hmm. the only other interactions that we've seen with him. Well, that first one. It's almost like Brian was a kid again, you know. uh, Jack controlled everything. Jack controlled everything. And even at the loft, Brian was just kind of like throwing out like, oh, you're out. You're seeing a lady out here. Uh Did mom kick you out or whatever? Um, But he's he's never really addressing him Mm -hmm. as an equal and definitely not somebody uh, who's superior. Right. Um, So this is the first time that he's probably stood up to his dad like ever. And it was a good good And I think for him, that was probably better and more healing and more beneficial than him even saying that he's gay. Right. Like not cowering down to Jack, you know, because he had never done that before. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like you said, I think that was a good healing for him. Like I said, my piece, I mean, he didn't accept it. It is what it is, but it's off of me. Right. Like I'm done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I addressed him as a man, sit in front of him as a man. And I think, I think that probably held a lot of weight. Right. For Brian. And so then he just kind of leaves because that didn't go, super well so he leaves uh and then dr david comes home and michael and hank are just kind of chilling in the living room no they're way more than chilling like they (laughs) have made a connection they're bonding they are they are really bonding yeah and dr david finds out that they didn't keep his schedule they didn't do his plan you think his feelings were hurt i think so well and definitely because of the conversation that michael that he has with michael after that because he says he tells him like, hey, Hank feels like you're dragging him around. And Dr. Dave was like, don't tell me how to raise my son. And then Michael says, well, you're the problem. It's like, I thought it was me, but you're the problem. But yes. Um, I think what Michael said was definitely true, but it's all about delivery. It is all about the delivery. His delivery was terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the absolute worst. Yeah. If I, if if we're talking about my child and you telling me that I'm the problem, but the way you're saying it's like, I thought it was me, but it ain't me. It's you. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm going to feel a certain Especially type of way. Especially when you don't have kids. Like, excuse yeah. you. Don't you tell me anything. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to feel a certain type of way. But sometimes we already know you have to make David feel a certain type of way. Yes. To get he that. has to see, like, no, this is the absolute truth. Yeah. Like, this is absolutely right or whatever. Because he just, like, won't listen if you if it's not that way. If, if he's not in a corner where he has to see where he's if he's not like in front of a mirror the mm-hmm. situation doesn't put him in front of a mirror or whatever to really see what's going on then he just he won't see it true um then hank is getting ready to go home and he tells dr davis you just try too hard it's like dude just fall back yeah <laughs> like, but you know what somebody yeah. had to stand up to him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know michael barely stands up to him so yeah. he had someone had to stand up to him like hey I already have so much going on. When right. I come here, 
I want to chill. Right. I want to hang out with you. We're going to these places. I'm not getting to know you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not. like. Yes. And all you're doing is like, go look at this. Go, show, go look at that. You know, ride this and come over here. And it's like, I'm not getting to just be. I'm not going to just hang with you like you were saying. And it's just, it's too much. It's yeah. Like, but, let's scale it back. True. But I understand what like David said. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be forgotten. Right. I mean, they're in a shared custody. Right. He doesn't have the son constantly. He even in that scene there, he was like, "Okay, well, can I get you for this holiday? Mm-hmm. No, we're going here. I have baseball camp in the summer. Okay, well, I'm gonna get you for Thanksgiving. We're going to grandmas and grandpas. Yeah. Okay, well, then Christmas. Nope, I'll be. You know, like yeah. He doesn't want to be forgotten, but his over you know overachieving right. or trying to overachieve is actually pushing Hank away right. instead of bringing him closer. So I mean, I understand why he was doing it, but I'm glad Hank voiced. Hey, that's not what I'm looking for. You're a great dad already. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do all that extra. Yeah, especially, and you know, what you said about Dr. David is right, because especially like earlier in the episode, Hank called that other guy dad. Yeah. And so like now Dr. David feels like he's got to compete with mm-hmm. the stepfather, you know? Yep. So, and he just does, like, that's, and that's the thing about him. He's not trying to be just a tyrant just because like, right. he really is trying to create memories. Yes, yeah, create and... memories. And like, I want you to love it when you're here with me and I want you to have a great time, a great experience. But he's doing that based on what he thinks that should look mm-hmm. like, not what Hank wants it to look like. He didn't take the time to actually talk to Hank right. and see what Hank enjoys. Yeah. Because he said a couple things and Hank was like, I haven't been into that since third grade. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, like, so which means... He hasn't even had those conversations. He's right. not getting to know him. He's still thinking, oh, this is my young kid. No, he's growing. Mm-hmm. And you have to grow with him. Yeah, you, you got to so. adjust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So Dr. David and Hank do have a good talk. And the three of them, Dr. David, Hank, and Michael, like they part, well, at least, you know, they put Hank on the plane and things are at a good spot right there. Uh, and Dr. David makes a comment to Michael and he says, you know, for someone who never had a father, you certainly did, you know, a good job of mm-hmm. it this weekend of being one. And we talked about this before we started recording, but, uh, you know, Michael didn't have an example at all of what a father looks like. And Brian had that example, but he had a terrible example. Exactly. So, yeah. And so what we see in this episode is the two of them trying to figure out what that should look like. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think Michael mastered it. Yeah, he did great. You know, Brian, um... Well, you know, I don't know what grade to give him on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> he has stuff going on. So yeah, I'm going to give him a pass. I'm going to grade that. him yeah. on a curve. curve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we go back to the loft and we find out that Brian did not let Melanie take Gus because Gus is still there with Brian. And Lindsay is like reaming him out. Like she is not happy about what I'm sure Melanie reported to her. Exactly. Yeah. But she has the right. Right. I mean, yeah. She does. Mm-hmm. She's like, I trusted you with him. You saw how nervous I was about that. And you chose to go do something different rather than being here with your son. Yep. Which was true. Uh, so then Jack shows up and Brian goes to the door and Jack has brought a picture of him and baby Brian. And Brian's like, I don't want this. And Jack tells Brian, he's like, don't, well, just don't tell your mother that you're gay. You know, it'll, yeah, she'll be a mask. Yeah. Don't tell her, I don't care, whatever, but don't tell your mother. And then Jack goes over and notices that Lindsay is there. Mm -hmm. He's kind of flirting with Lindsay a little bit. Yeah, he was. Like, you're still a looker. Yeah. Don't get your old ass. And so I wonder, they don't spell it out, but you kind of wonder based on a lot of other comments Brian makes in this episode. If he is a bit of a womanizer and if he has oh, he, stepped out on... He definitely is. I think so. The first day at the loft, well, for one, 
you know, drinking and gambling brings women around you. Yeah. He's a drinker and he's a gambler. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he definitely done that. Um, he refers to his wife as the warden. Right. So there's no love. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't even want to have a child. Yeah, he says I never should have been a family man. He, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he's still a playboy. Brian says, oh, you have a lady you're meeting in this area. Yeah. You know? He's staring like the googly eyes at Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. You know, when in his mind, that was his son's ex or whatever, right. which I disagree with, but still. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but yeah, I think he's definitely a womanizer. I think he definitely steps out on his wife. Yeah. He's not faithful at all. He's just a low life of a man and father. I know it. Oh, gosh. But so Brian does tell him there's someone else I want you to meet. And he says, Say hello to your grandson. And he gives, and Lindsay hands him Gus to let him hold him. And while Jack is holding Gus, Brian goes over and finds that picture that he first threw away. And he's looking at it. And I think he, he looks over at his dad holding Gus and he looks at that picture of his dad holding him and he recognizes the smile. And I think that he realizes that, okay, maybe at some point, maybe if it was just for a minute or for a day, maybe Jack did care about him or love him. So doesn't really get the type of closure that we would like to see, but I think it's enough. It's It's a start. Yeah. When you've had nothing, when you thought there was nothing there to get just even that little bit, that tiny morsel. And who knows, you know, sometimes being a grandparent, you correct all your mistakes that you make as an actual parent. Right. So, I mean, him holding Gus, his face lit up, you know, so he only has a few months. Who knows? In a few months, he might turn it all around and him and Brian and Gus, they may have a relationship. Yeah. I mean, I don't know I mean, how the story ends, so I don't it know. It might happen. It might not happen. I mean, um, you could just give me a little clue. Well, no, I will not do that. We'll just have to keep watching <laughs> and see what happens. Right. That's what we're going to do. That's how we're going to handle it. Oh, God. Uh, but yeah, so that's the end of this episode. A whole lot going on with fathers and sons and yeah. It is. But guys, the same question that Ishiel uh, Ishiel asked me, I want to ask you guys, what do you think about Brian and Lindsay's relationship? Did they have a little fling thing or were they strictly friends? Okay, (laughs) Email us. Go ahead. You know where to reach us at LibertyDinerDish.com. You can reach us on um, Facebook, um, on Twitter, on Instagram. You can email us at LibertyDinerDish at gmail.com. You can leave a comment on our website, LibertyDinerDish.com, under the episode. Leave your comments there. There's also a contact tab you can use there. Lots Absolutely. of ways you can agree with me on that. Uh, y'all know what the real is. So <laughs> on that we, question. <laughs> no, we're, we're looking forward to um, hearing the feedback on that question for sure. And guys, like always, it's been a blast. And it's time. We are out of here. Bye. Bye.